0: You're listening to the All Things Data Podcast. The show that brings you insights and informed conversation around today's ever advancing knowledge economy in the spirit of Daniel Kamen, Peter Diamandis, and Google moonshots. All things data brings together leading data scientists, technologists, business model experts and futurists to discuss how to utilize harness and deploy data science, data driven strategies and enable digital transformation. Your Hosts are Dan Yarmalock, Doctor Manjeet Reggae.
1: You are listening to the All Things Data Podcast, and uh, we have uh, an interesting topic lined up today, uh, which aligns well with my own passion uh, as an educator in making data science, you know, accessible to the entire world, um, especially to the developing world as well. Um, And um, we have guests from um, one such startup that is looking at um, developing data science workforce um, in Africa. So um, to introduce them, I'll hand it over to my co-host, Dan. Hi, Dan.
2: Hello, Benji, and, and welcome uh, to the listeners of the All Things Data podcast. I got a very interesting guest and uh, student of the guest, uh, Dr. Yabibal Funtai. Uh, from 10 Academy and Tenacious Intelligence Corporation. But what we're focusing on today is an African educational startup called 10 Academy. So, Yabi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. And thank you for hosting us. All right. Well, look, let's get into 10 Academy. Well, Yabi, actually, let's step back a second. And just like, you know, I know that I've read that you're a PhD in astrophysics. You obviously have a computer science uh, education or skill set um, tell me a little bit about yourself where you're from you know what your passions are yeah so um i'm
3: from ethiopia and i was um, basically until my bsc i was educated in ethiopia and then I left to for my masters and, and PhD outside. So I did my masters in South Africa and Cape Town University, and then my PhD in Italy and school for advanced studies. So after that, I did a couple of postdoc um, in the in the field of astrophysics cosmology, and then went for a position in the basically what's called African uh, Institute for Mathematical Sciences again in Cape Town. And then it's after that, that actually then I left academia to work on mostly just uh, on 10 Academy, which is basically yeah, the center of today's conversation.
2: And fantastic. You brought one of your uh, colleagues with you, Yabi. Maybe you can introduce yes. Bessie Makuria. Exactly. So, Bessie
3: is a 10 Academy graduates um, and working in the field of. Analytics engineering, so why not? She will introduce herself.
4: Um, thank you, Yabi. Thank you, Daniel, for hosting us. Happy to be here. My name is Bessie Mokaria, and I'm based in Kenya. I'm a proud alumni of the Academy community. I joined in uh, the year 2020, uh, in June, that would be a couple of months after the pandemic hit. And I must say, it was the best um, career decision that I've, I've ever made. It helped me plan and jumpstart my career to where I'm at as an analytics engineer.
2: That's, Great. Fan- that's fantastic. Um, so we're going to get into 10 Academy. And as I understand, as I pass this along to Manjeet, 10 Academy had the vision of kind of creating impactful work that could really scale up and, and be a basis for growth that would help socially, economically for professionals or, or young people in Africa, particularly in software engineering, particularly AI, Web3, IoT, and quantum uh, computing. So, Benjeet, I'm going to pass it off to you because you have experience in this area.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, let me just start off uh, by asking, Yabi, uh, you know, the different... Uh, programs I am assuming that you offer for the participants. What is the curriculum? What is the duration? And things like that.
3: Yeah. So uh, the duration, we want to actually start on basically people who are talented and graduated fresh graduates from the university. So age around, you know, 23 and 22 uh, around that between 20 and 24, It's not a must, but that's where our target program is. So from the start, we decided that, you know, when you are establishing this thing, there is a prerequisite that you have to build. But the most important uh, element that we want to address is that they need uh, the fresh graduates, talented. So it's not about, uh, you know, the university hopefully provided or they self-learned the required in terms of programming um, and other statistical skills. But what they don't have usually the opportunities these talents are the access to you know supervision let's say like access to an actual work that that you can progress uh, through and therefore we knew that the financial part is an, an issue so we don't want to you know charge it first at the same time also we can't have it like for longer because then you know if, if we demand a lot and and ask longer time they will not have that time. So we decided that three months is a good time just in terms of like bringing the mindset to be suitable for a global level job. And the curriculum, we also know that, you know, what is important is not sometimes uh, that they they know about one thing, but they must demonstrate to an employer anywhere in the world that they are, you know, they kind of have gone through a number of cycles in their training in terms of like the real world job. So it is a week-based, end-to-end project and 12 weeks. And that basically the target was like then after 12 projects working end-to-end, you know, in in a number of, especially in AI and data engineering parts, then they can demonstrate, you know, their profile basically demonstrates to the employer that they are capable, you know, they can just be productive in the first day. So yeah, the, the timetable is that it is three months, that's 12 weeks, and then it is, divided into weeks so the schedule like the kind of the curriculum is that the challenge based that means every week is a project that has basically the you know inspired and uh, usually comes also from the industry themselves so it's designed in terms of tasks and then they deliver those tasks in both blog writing through communication you know communicating the business value uh, as well as also the technically open basically public github repository where they can basically Direct, um, you know, day-to-day work is kind of presented so that everyone can see in the world that right that they built it and they built it in a certain way. So that's that's the curriculum and the duration.
1: I see. So um, in in terms of the backgrounds of the participants, you said that you know they are fresh graduates of the university. So you expect them to have a bachelor's degree, um, but um, if they are in a, if that degree is in a non-STEM field, uh, would this three-month uh, camp or training kind of help them transition? Or or do you expect them to have uh, undergraduate in a STEM field?
3: So, there is no requirement in terms of which degree, okay. but we require that they are familiar with SCOTIC. So, because mm-hmm. You know, as we say, like the focus is in placing them at the end. Our main, you know, uh, key performance indicator is that they get placed afterwards, and mm-hmm. that they have the opportunity to work. So, and we knew that in in three months you we will not be able to teach everything, including coding and, and all that thing. So we have a prerequisite that they are they can self learn in their mm-hmm. own before. So, but then when they come, they must pass a certain test. And a one-week assessment as well. That would uh, basically that they must demonstrate that they have the prerequisites, um, you know, programming language, basic statistics, basic mathematical skill, um, and and that's the start. So we we don't help people transition at this point. I think that's where we are now expanding in some ways. That uh, you know, as we get this thing right, what we want mm-hmm. to expand is of course just to be able to push it in such a way that we also help the universities, you know, we we have partnerships with different universities, as well as two governments like, you know, the government of Rwanda and Sierra Leone, um, to be able to go even in terms of training the trainees, like the teachers and university lecturers, to be able to offer that kind of services that people interested in that university can learn that as well. And we also want to expand that area. But the current program, actually is much more requires that there is, you know, the trainees have that prerequisite knowledge.
1: And And these 12 weeks, are they uh, completely online? Is that, uh, is there an asynchronous part? Is there anything in person?
3: Um, It's
1: all online. So it's like 100% online. And
3: uh, of course, we encourage people in their own country to meet each other. You know, it's kind of like we have, it's a community-based, it's really, you know, a lot more focuses on co-learning, that the community learning, that because we just only provide guideline. You know, here is where you are. They kind of identify that we we, we kind of sort of challenge through the area of the assessment, and then we know we they kind of we told them through so the competency uh, that we define. You know, you need to get to this type of competency at the end, and basically we just give them like the direction on each of the project. You know, here is the kind of A B C that you would do. But we don't. There is no course that is kind of being offered. They must learn it together. So they must. Basically, there are reference lists. So in that sense, people can meet. Like I mean, basically can uh, actually talk more on that experience on how you know, the trainees meet and, and all that. So they may meet online, you know offline to to be able to interact. You know, kind of like um, make a community. But our entire program is online in that sense.
2: I mean, what was the problem that you feel that the academy was solving, you know, um, the educational, like we, we hear it in theory, but like, if you, if you look out a little bit, was it about the Africans that are graduating or entering the workforce, not really being able to find good employment and that you were trying to augment uh, opportunities for this, for this demographic um, entering uh, the workforce? So I think there, you know, we have identified a number of, of course,
3: issues that the universities sometimes, of course, lack the required training for this field, but we didn't want to solve, I mean, so they, they, this is in phases that we, we want to work with many other partners as well. In that area, we know that the problem is, you know, is not being, cannot be solved by one organization. But there was a particular thing that we want to solve. And that is kind of comes from our background. I was teaching as well, different African countries. And my co-founder Arun was also um, in a developmental sense, as well as also just um, helping in the academic, much more of the management side, was working in, in many African countries. One of the things that we realized, talent is there. So that means a technical skill, sometimes, you know, like there's enough people who can demonstrate that kind of skill. What was missing sometimes for this group, I mean, as I said, there are groups that are of course missing that skill, but then let's focus on those that are, we think is sufficient number as well. What was missing is that there is no bridge between that and uh, in a global um, level job. And that job, there are a number of, one is a mindset, you know, cultural mindset that there is. So it's because they have not been demanded to present themselves in a certain way. They have not been demanded to work in a certain way, you know, the discipline and uh, kind of what a business needs. Like, the, you know, there was no role model basically or no company in the area was demonstrating the type of kind of culture, industrial or enterprise culture that, that, that is required, you know, to compete and thrive in, that, in, that, um, in these areas in particular. So what we wanted to solve, particularly, was the best way to solve it is that to place them in that environment. It's an ecosystem that helps people grow. And then for that, there are a couple of things we need to feel. First is, you know as I said, communication, um, being able to understand what value, business value is, and what enterprise culture is. And, and on top of that also, so even if they have the programming, the technical skills, sometimes the technologies they're using, let's say like, you know, so how to co-work in a Git collaboration, for example, or, you know, the different tools, um, you know, Kafka or Airflow, or these things, you know, their purpose and the kind of the value they, they bring, and they also demonstrate on those kind of skills. So it was much more of a layering thing that we wanted to put it's a, a much more shift we expect instruments to do is the mindset shift from like you know yeah like i caught this thing and this is valuable to like i know what they you know what the business needs and then i'm going to be able to you know bring value to that so a lot more business way of thinking
2: such that yeah. they they can get aligned yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I often I teach a class at the university too, and and often remark to most of the personas in the class pursuing a master's of data sciences is, is a, a software engineer or a, or a data engineer of one sort or another that are looking to complement their skills and 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 become a data scientist in 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 reality and make that next step and. I often remark to them that they have to learn how to communicate. The technology is moving so quickly that a lot of the times the business will not understand it. So the idea of being a quiet software engineer in the background that is kind of coding or, or, or not communicating because that's not their natural interest. I say you have to have your voice heard. So that's not much different than what you're doing. Um, so I totally get it. Um, I have a question for Bessie, when you hear this stuff, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your story, like what was your background prior you got into 10 Academy, tell us like as Yabi, you know, details how he, he painted or created the program, how did you, how, what was your experience like in moving on, you know, just, just tell us a little bit about your, your experience with 10 Academy.
4: Uh, sure, Daniel. So I graduated um, from the university in 2019 towards the end of the year, and I have an undergraduate degree in statistics. So I knew I didn't want just to settle for just a mere statistical job. So I was looking for opportunities and communities where I could learn more about data science, because it was an uprising uh, thing then. Communities has just been my thing and a friend of mine uh, forwarded an invitation for application at an academy, Uh, then I was working for another company at a market research immediately after graduating in form of internship, so I did the, the onboarding process did the coding test the first week, which was very rigorous and I passed so. As Yabi has mentioned, it's a one-week end-to-end project, so it's fully, fully intensive, and I must say my mindset shifted from, yes, I can do it, regardless of, you know, it being a one-week, and in retrospect, I must say the 12-week course uh, formed the foundational bricks of who I am as a person, career-wise, and as a being, as a whole, just to highlight technically, some of the tools that I used in the workspace are some of the essential in- industry tools that we were taught at the institution. And also to mention the non-technical parts where, you know, we all data scientists, we know the technical bits, but communication is key. So throughout the process, I was able to, you know, learn how to self-learn, deliver, ask, the relevant questions be curious the art of collaborating with uh, brilliant minds across africa and it has really really helped me um co-working with my colleagues who are based all over the world
1: um yabi um during the 12 weeks um, is this a cohort model that you um, follow that is <clears throat> and then how many people are typically in that cohort?
3: Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's a cohort and we designed it in such a way that also we can run parallel cohorts, um, okay. which we we do starting from um, six months ago, we, we were doing more on parallel cohorts. So typically we start from kind of like, I think at the fifth week, we want to end up at least around 50. So we want to graduate 50 per, per cohort. Of course that number is a lot more dependent on because it's about job readiness not you know not us giving a certificate because somebody fulfills something Mm -hmm. Uh, it's much more dependent on you know uh, and people kind of in the in the meantime also sometimes people just decide to come back next because they know that okay you know i will not make it to be job ready because i have a certain gap or like they sometimes Think that they can make it uh, with a certain side job as well, but then they realize, you know, it's just really the requirement is that to finish one task, to finish basically the week challenge, you really need around ten hours a day uh, and kind of six days a week, uh, roughly. So and you know they they were told in the beginning, but sometimes you know they may they may have some some hope, and so people would get dropped. But I would say right now, based on all the courts, like we re- we run already six courts. And it's like the graduation number is around between thirty-five to fifty.
1: I see, I see. And you know, what can you tell us about the quality of students there generally? Uh, in my you know experience um, uh, you know, visiting Ivory Coast and um, kind of you know developing data science team, I've noticed uh, a number of um, participants in the trainings that I have done a lot of, uh, you know, commitment, a lot of fire in the belly, a very good background uh, uh, that they already have and a very strong work ethic that I have noticed. What 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 have you, you know, noticed?
3: I mean, it, it's, it's very similar. I think, you know, we are building on that hunger. Like it's really, you know, the one thing you can, you know, the word that describes is just this, you know, hard work and hunger. And I, I think that's, they are able to change themselves transform themselves in the time given so definitely the we are selecting right so very very selective it's about you know depending on the um the court it's sometimes between two percent selection like we said like out of all applicants and you know after the the end of the process about the two percent or sometimes ten percent so that's within that range so it's a very highly selective process so we look for those characters as well. So it's not surprising that the people who comes you know, at the end who remains are they are basically, you know, they kill themselves. Like they really mm-hmm. do and that that hunger is reflective, right? So they wanna change and they see the value in that. What they are missing is usually exactly that that pathway from like, okay, they they do whatever they it, it they you know they are asked, but they need a pathway. They want they need to see where they're gonna end up, right? Mm-hmm. And that part of like being at the end of it, you have this chance that, you know, um, that you would be working on for a global company and financially being rewarded for that. That is our our way also, because, you know, there is a fundamentally, we want the workforce to multiply and grow. What that means, essentially, that the, they must not be uh, thinking about the base you know the, the basics of life like it, it should the job that at the end they would get should fulfill that such that they can further their career and then mm-hmm. with that comes in like this you know basically just one percent a multiplicative factor and mm-hmm. the direct and indirect jobs that we cause must be larger so mm-hmm. um yeah i think the exactly what you observed in Ivory very course, here we have exactly that type of um, set and of course sometimes people struggle as well it, it's the, the shift sometimes is like the you know the kind of expectation the communication sometimes the we don't have yet but we know as we scale the biggest challenge would be communication especially in the kind of in the west african side there is much more like the english because we are still our medium is english and then mm-hmm. there is that that kind of um issue in the language sense and then again even in the eastern africa especially ethiopia they, they know they do as we get as we scale communication becomes an issue because i mean kenya in this case is good because they they speak you know their uh, english is their medium so mm-hmm. there are certain gaps um mm-hmm. but at the moment what we see what we observe we know it's a, because highly selective is that one it's like much more very and uh, talented and just work like really I mean crazy. I mean people had sometimes they get sick and we, we really try to tell them that getting, you know, having a break is part of work. Yeah. But some people, of course, you know, it's, it's as much as you can tell them that that they just want to prove they wanna, it's it's not proving only to ourselves, but because they know our right. certificate is not the main thing. It's our the job that that they're they will be evaluated at. That means, you know, when they get the interview. Um, at the job they must perform and, you know, the kind of the work that they deliver should be visible. And and so it's also the ask is a lot, right? So they have to blog, they have to kind of start a new repository, fill that repository with the work for a particular task, right, for the particular challenge and they solve it in the best they can. And then on top of that, they must write a blog to communicate to the world and they must, you know, present it also um, to us as, or to uh, the, the, the project owner. So it's, it's kind of a lot of demand and the time management part, like, you know, what Monday is to like Friday, you know, they they will learn it through like, OK, it's like when you have time, when you have deadlines, when you have that, that's how, you know, you need to manage your time. You can't just arrive there by chance. Right. So, um, yeah, I think, in, in you know, just I, in a long way I, I answered it, but it's it is exactly similar hunger. And right. you know, hard work and the motivation is really the will to change is is quite high at least in the so in the court so far.
1: So, since the training is all delivered online, um, are all the applicants from Kenya currently, or are they coming from different parts of Africa, or are you even open to other countries if somebody applies from Asia and uh, Europe, for example?
3: You um, know, at the moment. The, the all the students we accept are from african continent so okay. we usually just call it just basically that um if you are within africa that you can and all of our training you know we reach basically 19 countries so far uh, but if you consider i mean in the it's it's basically kenya's part like in the beginning it was dominating now the main like the main group is coming for example from ethiopia or there's nigeria benin so it's it's like sudan is coming now more um, so it's 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 actually it's like wherever the news reaches and wherever the type of you kind know, of they, they pass through it's just basically we try to allocate in terms of gender balance actually we really at that you know we our target is 50 50 and that becomes like over time it's harder to achieve that sometimes you know and, but it's still, we are more than 30% also in kind of in gender equality um, and con- country-wise, there's always a dominant, I mean, currently the most dominant is Ethiopia. Um, mm-hmm. There are more people, but it, it, it used to be also um, Kenya and then Sudan is also coming and Nigeria was at some point. So it's, it's kind of in each cohort you you see differences, but at least in one cohort you you basically have something between seven to 10 countries um, at a court.
1: And then the educators are they also based out of um, African uh, continent or are they worldwide?
3: Yes, they are also based on um, based in the continent. And you now that we have we, I know run a couple of cycles, we're actually using our own uh, former trainees, alumni, to actually also as uh, trainers. So it's it's the, they know the system, they know what it requires. And we have the policies that we have, you know, a five minute response rate if someone really writes, because the community part is the essential element. Because people need to know that behind the screen there is somebody else, right? And in that that way they engage, right? So they don't they don't kind of in their own because this is a hard thing that they're solving. And it's not about it's not about, you know, it's about demonstrating your skill. And there's enough job out there for everyone so it's not it's kind of there is competition because in a natural um positive competition but it's a very collaborative um, in that sense so i think you know basically you can also say on that but from our side the design is in such a way that people come together they just in you know whatever question they have they ask it's a very very active community uh helping each other and sometimes the projects are in groups as well um, and then the trainees they know I mean that the tutors becomes, you know the tutors are for uh, former trainees as well. Uh, in the past we used to have also, but they are all based uh, distributed in Africa. Again, the tutors are you know placed or sitting in different parts of Africa.
2: You know one question I have, and this is, you know, manji, you can chime in too, is i I definitely see the model has been successful. Do you think, Yabi, like, okay, top 10% are getting accepted in the program and the top 10% will always do great. But we're getting into this new world of like chat GPT, right? It's almost like codeless code. Do you see another tier of students that you wanna help out that might not be so scientifically attuned, but now the tool sets changing to be somewhat easier to use with? I mean, what do you think about next beyond data science? Do you think, you know, we have a lot of cloud openings you know cloud engineering capabilities so like a step level down from the scientific and programming rigor that you would have with data science for example so do you you think of expanding the program and and like really just like your thoughts on that in general right yeah i mean
3: this is really a beautiful question for me and and because i think that's the future i mean why do you know if you ask me just a question why why just machine learning, engineering, data, AI, web blockchain, quantum, um, you know, quantum computing, IoT. It's basically what we want to say is that we want to compete in the future. There is, there is basically more chance, more opportunity um, on the future than on the past, because in the past usually requires a lot of other things that that sometimes formed already an inequality. And here you have a chance to compete, right? And then there is a need, a global need, so that's the kind of you can serve that one. And, and it's exactly for that reason. This batch, for example, we started um prompt engineering because we knew that all of this are coming, like um, you know, mid you know, mid-journey and from the image side, from chat GPT, from this side. So we know there is gonna be an opportunity. It's just all we are. Mm, monitoring you know to design our courses our, our part is job applications like you know our, our jobs being formed currently that are demanding that are hiring but absolutely this is where we should go and uh, you know the knock Code movement again this one I, I don't know how it will turn out like in terms of like you know the, the job openings but we would be very happy to to be able to you know train people imagine. in that area such that yeah. they they get placed.
2: well i i also think of it on, on a human level like just you can imagine someone didn't make the top 10 and part of you is like wow that's a that person was right on the borderline right it's 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 this is a good a good potential employee it's just didn't make the cutoff what happened to that person i mean yeah i i that that's kind of my thoughts. Absolutely. That. I mean, I agree. Okay. I mean,
3: that that's, we have to think about that. I think just to say why we sometimes struggle is, is because this is post-paid pro- program. So that means if they don't get placed, we don't, you know, we don't earn. If we don't earn, the program doesn't go forward. And of course, that challenge of, you know, everything that you tr- try to train costs and mm-hmm and that's really the only the only reason why we just I keep saying about jobs is because of that but it is the the, the most in, interesting part is to be able to prepare people as well for that and you know there's definitely a, a different levels the hierarchies of need
2: um, yeah but, no yeah. I, I i certainly understand the business model and maybe that it's just there's a, so much you know on on, on state side in the united states we we just have this incredible constraint of software engineers. And then, and then um, at a certain point, you know, um, there's, there's not enough. So you have to go to different places and you have to go to different educational techniques and you have to have to fill it in differently. So um, it's, it's an interesting dynamic market to say the least. Um, So thank you for that. Uh, Manjeet, do you have anything that you add on to that?
1: Yeah, so um, I wanted to ask, Yabi, about uh, the cost model. You know, how much does it cost uh, the participants? You, you know, earlier had mentioned about uh, uh, not costing anything upfront, and they have to pay later when they get placed. But, you know, what kind of a cost um, do they have to pay?
3: So uh, we are a nonprofit, So we basically ask self-sustaining costs like and so that's currently we know the we it's like it's under so our model is that it must be um under two months salary so at the moment we are like our cost is that based on the past previous courts it's a one thousand dollar per person uh when they get placed they will have to pay of course we are realizing a number of things are changing including you know remote work is kind of slowing down and people are struggling to get uh, jobs as quickly as we planned, and that in that is kind of uh we are putting more like instead of now three we are putting another three months actually intensive what we call the first one is intensive training to be job ready now is intensive job application and search so that's charging us more costing us more but it's basically you know in general it's like under two months of salary it, it has to be i
1: see um, and in terms of uh, the job placements are they are these participants uh, getting placed worldwide you know where do you see them getting um, absorbed uh, more
3: it is worldwide maybe just basically maybe on that you know how many colleagues are, do you have in your company Basie B- 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 works in in the london tech company so maybe basically
4: so I in see. total, we have okay. in the defense team and one in the development team.
3: Yeah, so it's about like it's it's a learning. You know, we have people working in the US, like again, sitting in the in Ethiopia or Kenya or Nigeria or uh, another country, but so they are working in different. I mean, we have people working even to, to a company in India, in Brazil, you know, in Canada, you know. So it's all over the world that there are wherever there is a job and wherever is, even in, in Eastern Europe, in, in Europe as well. So it's kind of wherever there is work and who offers we, you know, the workforce concept. Of course, as I said earlier, the challenge is exactly that the slowdown, you know, takes that means in, in the past, in the previous courts, you used to take us much shorter time to place people. And now it's getting slightly harder. And that, that has a consequence for our, you know, we're also slowing down our training because, you know, we, um, we have to just now focus on fundraising, so that we can get more money to be able to sustain. Um, and, you know, these are just the dynamics of any any company that is not for profit, that, you know, to be sustainable, it is nice, but it also comes at kind of, it slows down um, a lot depending on exactly different situations. But in terms of where they work, exactly, they work all over the world. Um, currently, the most, a fewer companies who play who hired before, they come back and hire. So almost every company that hired one or two just came back and hired more. And one, one case is this, this Artec company, in it's called Agludiuk, in, in the UK, they hired 12 of our trainees um, gradually, basically by increasing, because, and then their entire team, um, some of the basically some some of the teams in the data engineering data science they you know they are fully from 10 academy so they see the value of mm-hmm. that discipline hard work and stuff and so we have this repeats a lot more and penetrating new markets or new companies is of course you know there is, is there's is no good brand about you know when when you are saying like from india there is a brand when you are saying from ethiopia or something you know, that's not a brand so that you have to if it's a struggle, but once they see, once they hire, you know, usually they, they, they come back and hire more. So that's, that's a good thing. Um, yeah. But they work all over the world.
2: I see. Well, Yabi and Bessie, we really appreciate your time today and telling us about that, you know, the exciting developments in Africa, the exciting developments with software engineering and Ted Academy. How can people reach you? Um, where can they reach you? Prospective employers, if they hear this podcast, or even, you know, African students, um, people just through the grapevine, where can they find out about TEN Academy, Yabi, or, you know, where where do they go?
3: So it's, of course, I will, it's like my name, Yabbal, uh, Y-A-B-E-B-A-L at tenacademy.org is uh, my email, but team at tenacademy.org or train at tenacademy.org, all of these emails will work, but tenacademy.org already has so that our website is tenacademy.org so people can see everything what we do as well as also can uh, contact us through that so we we definitely appreciate as i said we are nonprofit, and there is a donate page as well people can donate to that such that you know we can be um,
2: training more
3: and reaching more people
2: as well well hey we thank you for doing such great work for uh, the spirit of education and people and equality in general. We really appreciate that, Yabi. And thanks for being on the All Things Data podcast with Bessie as well. Thank you, guys. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you all.
3: Thank you, Daniel. Thank, thank you. for hosting us. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for joining us on this episode of All Things Data. If you enjoyed this show and want more, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher and others or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating or a review. Until next time. (laughs) We'll <laughs>